Anybody a fan of scary movies? Kind of like scary movies, horror movies. Anybody like me? I do not like them at all, like even a little bit. Not a huge fan of scary movies. I've never been into the movies that somebody like kind of jumps out, makes you jump out of your seat, or movies that have like paranormal activities. You know, I've been to a haunted house or two in my day too, and I'm not really into like the room and has a mad scientist and all that, or walking out being dressed, you know, with a guy dressed like a clown chasing you. I mean, I think clown should be used for good, not evil. That's really my, my take on that. When I watch a scary movie, two things are really going on in my brain. Two things. So the first is I am judging the person on the screen for whatever reason, they don't realize they can just, I don't know, like turn on the lights and get out of the situation that they're in. Like you don't have to go into the abandoned warehouse that has spray painted on the side. You abandoned hope all ye who enter here. Just don't go in. Just don't go in there. Get an Uber, go home, get a PSL, put on the Snuggie, watch Ted Lasso. Like, you don't have to go into the place. You know, you follow the dimly lit candles, and there you hear, like, a chainsaw, and you the guy saying, like, come here. And you're like, why would you do that? Who in their right mind would do that? So I'm yelling at the TV, you know, like, this is why. Like, the movie would be over in the first two minutes. They're like, that's weird, and then they just leave. That's the end. So that's the first thing I'm thinking. The second thing I'm thinking is actually that spiritual things are real. You know, there are some types of scary movies, you know, that's just the guy, you know, chasing somebody else with a knife or whatever. And if that's your cup of tea, great. But I get uncomfortable when I like am watching a movie that has spirits or paranormal activity because I believe that spiritual things are real. I believe that the Bible teaches us about, you know, the existence of a spiritual reality unseen by human eyes, that there's a physical world and a spiritual one. And I believe that it exists. So when I watch a movie that deals with it, I kind of get the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Like, because I believe that the Bible teaches about a spiritual realm that consists of both good and evil in our lives. Now, we're in this series that we're calling Goosebumps. And we're calling it goosebumps because at first glance, some of the stuff that we're talking about, like a spirit that lives inside of us and gives us power, that kind of seems like it comes out of a storyline of a scary movie. But this is a not-so-spooky series because we're talking about the Holy Spirit, which we believe is real, powerful, and good. And like we said last week, that the Holy Spirit comforts us, convicts us of what's right and wrong, and also counsels us, helps us, is our counselors, our helpers, our advocate. So the Holy Spirit is God. Let's kind of recap just a little bit. It's part of something called the Trinity. And we talked about that last week, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all part of God. And the reason that we call it Trinity is kind of three-in-one aspect of God. So we talked about it at length last week, so check that out by going, going to the website or downloading the app that Becca talked about earlier. But this is an important concept because the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Father and God the Son. And next week, we're going to talk about something pretty incredible. It's called spiritual gifts and these things that kind of the Holy Spirit gives all followers of Jesus to serve Jesus and to help us love God and love each other. That's what we're talking about next week. I'm really excited about that. It's a can't-miss week, so be sure to check that out. But this week, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit's power. So kind of the big idea for today is the Holy Spirit has the power to change our lives. I really believe this is true. 
Now, when do you receive the Holy Spirit? Is it kind of like what happens in like a scary movie? You know, you, you receive the Holy Spirit and then you like metamorphosize and turn green and like it goes poof and you feel like you just leveled up in a video game or something like that. No, that's not. In case you were wondering, no, that's not what happens. See, when we believe in Jesus, when we surrender our lives to him, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the moment we believe, the moment we surrender, we receive the very power of God himself in us. So does that mean that we can kind of like, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound? No, that's not what it means necessarily. But Jesus said that he would send the Spirit to help us as we live our lives. You know, to become more and more like Jesus. That's really what the Holy Spirit is here to help us do, to become more and more like Jesus. Jesus even said it would be better for us to have the Holy Spirit than it would be if Jesus just stuck around to stay on earth. And that's a really powerful thought if you think about it. So the moment we believe, the moment we surrender, we receive the very power of God in us. We have access to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has this power, the power of God himself to change our lives forever. And actually, a lot of times when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, it mentions power. Here's an example. This is Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We just talked about that. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that kind of goes from near to far. Jerusalem, and then out to Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So when we follow Jesus, we receive this Holy Spirit and the power that comes along with it. And the first thought that I have when I think about receiving power is steroids. Like, it will pump you up, you know, be a meathead, go to the gym, like, yeah, let's go. Like, and that's not really what it means at all. Like, I kind of think, okay, it, it give us this power to, like, you know, like lift cars and, you know, tear phone books. Remember phone books? Anybody remember what a phone book is? Right now, you'd have to, like, tear a phone. Like, the literal iPhone is what we'd have to tear right now. And that's not really what the power is that is talking about here. What does the power of the Holy Spirit kind of mean? What does that do? Well, Sorry to bum you out if you thought you could lift a car. That's not really it, but it's a better type of power, actually. And this verse, one of the things that, like, the power of the Holy Spirit can help us with is to talk to other people about Jesus. So if you've ever thought about it, it's kind of this boldness that comes along with it. And have you ever thought, like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to go about doing that. I I don't know enough. I don't, like, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, talking to people about my faith is really, really difficult for me. Here's the amazing encouragement, I think, from the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit does it for you. But that doesn't mean that you don't do anything. See, you don't have to feel prepared. You don't have to wait because the Holy Spirit comes with that power to help you be bold, to help you respond, to help you talk about your faith. It blows everything else out of the water. That power that comes from the Holy Spirit is way better than what we can do for ourselves. It talks about it, like I said, all over the Bible. Here's another example. This is Ephesians 1.19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of what? God's power for us who believe him. This is the, check this out. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. That's pretty impressive. And seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So this is the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This power has has power over life and over death, over the supernatural world, over everything that's going on around us. 
So what do you think the Holy Spirit's power allows us to do, that access to God's power? Well, we talked about one, it gives us boldness to share our relationship with Jesus, but it actually doesn't stop at that. There's so much that comes along with this power, more than we're going to be able to talk about today. This power is unparalleled. It's beyond any power source or frame of reference. See, this is the power of God himself living in us. So what does that do? Well, that changes our life in a couple of significant ways, and we're going to talk about some of those today. So the Holy Spirit's power gives us some things we're going to talk about some of those, those spiritual gifts next week, but I'd really like to highlight a couple of things that this power in us kind of gives us access to. Three things that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about wisdom, we're going to talk about hope, and we're going to talk about fruit. That's not an exhaustive list. So if you're reading through the Bible and there are examples that you read of other things that the Holy Spirit does, that is true and that is amazing. But I've chosen these three things on purpose because I think these things make an impact on our lives in an incredibly significant way and that the Holy Spirit uses this power in our lives to change our lives. So let's start with the first one, wisdom. The, the Bible actually talks a lot about wisdom. How wisdom from the Holy Spirit helps us understand spiritual things. So we've been given this amazing gift of God's Spirit inside of us. It's living in us. It gives us power. And one of the amazing things that happens because of the Holy Spirit is as we follow Jesus, we begin to understand, check this out, we get to understand the thoughts of God, which seems really weird at first. Like we can't possibly do that, right? Check this out. This is 1 Corinthians 2.13. This is what it says. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. We often use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to what? Explain spiritual truths. That's pretty incredible. See, the Spirit helps us understand who God is. Helps us understand what God desires. Helps us understand what pleases God. Helps us understand what honors God. What goes against God. What's going on inside of us. See, the Holy Spirit can do this. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. That's pretty incredible. See, the Holy Spirit provides us with wisdom, not from ourselves, but from God. And I don't know about you. Sorry to burst your bubble if this is the case. But wisdom from people, it ain't perfect at all. There's all sorts of things that go along with wisdom that comes from people. There's pain, there's hurt, there's bias, there's preconceived notions. We don't even know that that's always going on when it's wisdom from people. But that's not the case with wisdom from God. It's perfect. It leads us and loves us perfectly. And no amount of human knowledge or human wisdom can ever replace the Holy Spirit's wisdom in our life. And it helps us take a step every time that the Holy Spirit prompts us. It helps us know the very thought of what God would want us to be doing in our lives. That's incredible. But you can't know enough to not need the Holy Spirit's wisdom. And the Holy Spirit's wisdom changes our life. Can you imagine? Have you ever, like I was, uh, I was talking with my wife, Abby, the other day, and our kids were there. And I, I was talking on the phone. And she had her kind of like earbuds in. And I hear her parenting our kids. And I'm talking to her about parenting our kids while she's doing it. And I guarantee you I was not helpful at all. But that's kind of this image. 
There's this image of like if there's something going on in your ear that you could hear that would help you navigate whatever it is going on in your life. You know, like the newscaster that has the earbud and the producer in their ear. You were about to go toward commercial in three, two, one, you know, cut away. It's that concept. Hey, Adam, prompt me to go do this. You know, go, go pray, go respond, turn around your car and go help that person. Avoid this, go here, stop saying this, go say that, don't post this, do this instead. Those are the things going on inside of us. It's wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit, not just this wisdom to understand truth, which I think it does that, which is incredible, but also wisdom on how to live our lives which changes everything. Think about it. You have the Holy Spirit every step of the way with you. So the Holy Spirit's power gives us wisdom. And then the second thing we're talking about, it gives us hope. See, sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way or not, but sometimes we go through life and we feel a little hopeless, don't we? Life can be really hard. You know, I I have to confess, I've felt hopelessness Even in the past couple of months, just hard things. It's hard when things don't seem to be getting better. Or it's hard when a loved one is sick. Or it's hard when people seem so angry with one another. It's hard when people you love are treating other people you love with hurt and pain and hatred. It's hard when things change unexpectedly at work or at home or at church. It's hard when finances bottom out or it's hard when relationships struggle or it's hard when that addiction comes up and then you like, you just can't get away from it. Or you, you, it's hard when expectations aren't getting met. It's hard. Life is hard. And if we're not careful, we can allow every circumstance in our life to control us, to weigh us down. It's like this pack of bricks that we have on our back just weighing us down. And it's it's heavy burden that seems to crush us. But the power of the Holy Spirit, God, is in us. And it changes that. It doesn't necessarily change all of our circumstances, but it changes the way we go through life. This is Romans fifteen thirteen. It is my favorite Bible verse. I love it. I should just get it tattooed right over my forehead. I absolutely love this verse. This is what it says. I pray that God, the source of hope, where's hope come from? I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of what? The Holy Spirit. I love that verse because the hope we're talking about, it's a powerful hope. It's everlasting hope. It's eternal hope. It's not bound by death. It's not bound by our lives. It's not bound by our hopes or our dreams or our sins or our failures. This hope is in the midst of whatever difficult stuff is going on in your life right now. It's not rooted in what we do. It's not rooted in us figuring it out. It's not rooted in our good or bad. It's completely reliant on the perfect love of God shown us through Christ Jesus. So in the midst of this hopeless, what's that hopeless circumstance in your life? What's weighing you down? What is difficult for you to do? In the middle Not to get you out of, it's in the middle of that hopeless circumstance. We're given hope because of the power of the Holy Spirit. We overflow. It's this image of a waterfall. Just It's power that we can't even fully harness. Think of Niagara Falls of hope. That's the image here. Like it overflows. It fills us to the brim of joy and peace. It's the same power 
that created the world that's in us. It's the same power that keeps us moving that's in us. It's the same power that conquers life and death that's in us. And we have access to the same power. And through that power, the power of the Holy Spirit, we have hope, not because of what we can do, but because of who God is and what he can do. And that God is still God and that he still sent Jesus to die on the cross for where we fall short. And the Holy Spirit is in us and freely giving us that hope that God has it covered today and tomorrow, no matter what's going on. Ooh, that gets me excited. See, the Holy Spirit's power gives us wisdom on how to live our lives, how to understand the things of God. And it also gives us hope, overflowing hope. And here's the third thing. The Holy Spirit's power gives us fruit. And this is a weird image to me. Like, I think of, uh, have you seen like an Alfred Hitchcock movie? Anybody seen Alfred Any idea who that is? No one? Okay, cool. So, like, I have this image of, like, us going through life and, like, we turn into different fruits, like lemon or, like, pomegranate or mango, and you're just, like, walking around like a fruit with little arms, like veggie tails type thing. That's the image that I get. You don't want in here. I'm just letting you in for a little bit. See, I always have that because we call this fruit of the Spirit. And that's kind of what I think of is, like, we all become these little different walking around with little heads and, you know, things like that. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard the, the term fruit of their labor or fruit of the, of your labor? Have you ever heard that term? Not fruit of the loom. I see where you all are thinking. Not that at all. Like fruit of their labor. You ever heard that term? So fruit of their labor means kind of the outcome, the reward of hard work. So the fruit of the Spirit, I think, is actually pretty similar to fruit of their, their labor. See, the fruit of the Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. So there are these things that show up in our lives as we follow Jesus, as the Holy Spirit lives in us, that are called fruit, fruit of the Holy Spirit's labor. So check this out. This is a list of these fruit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these, these things. These are awesome things. That's why there's no law. So look at this list. This list is amazing. Is there anything? Actually look at it. Actually read it. Is there anything on this list that you don't deeply desire? They're just going to pass on. Now yeah, I'll, I'll pass on. I'll pass on self-control. I mean, who wants that? No, like I, really deeply. This impacts us. We deeply desire these things, don't we? We deeply want and need these things. There's not one thing on this list I don't want. See, one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is a part of a follower of Jesus' life is to change the life. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. It's the Holy Spirit's job. It's the labor of the Holy Spirit to change us to look more and more and more and more like Jesus. To help us act like Jesus. And Jesus is the fullness, the full embodiment of all of this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's who Jesus is. He is this. And that's what we have access to. See, as followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit producing this list of fruit in us. 
And we have the Holy Spirit's power available to us. Have you really thought about that? Think about it. Do you want more love in your life? Is anybody like, I'm full up on love? Like, I want more love. But not the empty, you know, kind of fleeting, you know, like middle school crush type of love that then ends up crushing you. At least that's my experience. That's not the type of love we're talking about. The type of love we're talking about is selfless. It's giving. It's devoted to God and others. It's patient and kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It keeps no record of wrong. That's the type of love we're talking about. Love that compels us to put others' needs before our own. Love that doesn't allow circumstances or feelings to dictate our choices. Love that fights against hatred or apathy or selfishness. That's the type of love that we're talking about. And how do we gain access to that type of love? It's the Holy Spirit. Well, how about joy? Anybody full up on joy? Don't want any more? So in difficult circumstances, don't you desire that deep and rooted state of being that can rejoice in God no matter what is going on? No matter the hard, no matter the weight, no matter the hopelessness of what's going on around you, this joy that comes, not because we have it all figured out, but because God is that great. And by the way, this joy is not talking about feeling good all the time. We're not always in a good mood because then joy would go away every time we had a cold. That's not what this means. See, what this means is that this is this unexplainable, ungettable, on our own, unimaginable place of contentment that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And it combats misery and sorrow and sadness and despair in our hearts and in the world. Love and joy, and we're just through two of them. Isn't this amazing? How do we gain access to this type of love? How do we gain access to this type of joy? It's the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit isn't done. What about peace? Peace that comes from resting in the promise of God. It's the willingness to lay down this war that goes on in our head and in our heart and instead chooses to work with God, to surrender to God, to work with others for a common goal. See, peace, listen, peace instead of insisting on our own way. Peace bringing us to this place of rest and confidence that God is who he says he is, will do what he says he will do, that he'll show up and gives us peace. What else? Patience? Anybody ever prayed for patience? It's like the worst thing to pray for. Because then like things get hard and you find out how to be patient. See, I want patience, but I don't want to like wait for it, you know? But the Holy Spirit provides this patient that shows calmness, shows empathy in the midst of stress. What else? I mean, kindness. Kindness that assumes and lives out that all people deserve to be treated well, no matter if you agree with them, disagree with them, no matter what they look like, sound like, act like, does not matter. We are to treat people with kindness. Where does that kindness come from? It's the Holy Spirit. What about goodness? Goodness that truly desires to help other people to do what is right in their lives and in our lives, no matter what. What about faithfulness? Faithfulness in choosing to be true to our word or faithfulness to follow through with our promises or faithfulness to honor God with everything that we do or honor other people and love them with everything that we do. Gentleness is this quiet strength that stops before we lash out, that stops before we say, I know what is right and you don't have any idea, that stops 
before we speak out of turn and to allow God to deal with others rather than we think that we're in control and deal with others. This is gentleness. It's another word for that is meekness. And we think that that's negative. It's not. It's quiet strength. What about self-control? We don't like self-control, do we? We like to be able to say and do whatever we want to say and do. But self-control is this discipline to show restraint and even under pressure, keeping our pride and our selfishness in check. These are the fruit of the Spirit that come from the Holy Spirit. And you know the amazing thing? You know the thing that makes me want to jump and dance and sing and like get going, do pop and lock? Let's go. This is why I love this so much. What do we have to do? What do we have to do? Who produces the, the fruit? It's not us. It's not us. Even in Romans 15, 13, it talks about trust. That's it. It doesn't say, hey, figure out how to do joy. Figure out how to do peace. Figure out how to have hope. The Spirit has the power to change our lives. And the challenge here is, will you surrender? And that's it. Will you let the Holy Spirit do in your life what he's trying to do? You don't have to muster up more love. You don't have to grit your teeth and I'm going to be gentle whether you like it or not. Like that's not what this is. We have to let go and surrender every aspect of our life over and over and over again. We give over our lives. Let the Holy Spirit move and work and prompt and guide and lead and change and push and pull and whisper and shout really as he sees fit. The Holy Spirit has the power to change your life right now. He's already doing it. Will you let him? Now, you might be like me, and you want to surrender. You want the fruits. You want hope. You want wisdom in your life. You want to be comforted. You want to be counseled. You want to be convicted of doing what's right and wrong. But it's hard to know. It's hard to know how to surrender. We keep slipping back into kind of the driver's seat. It keeps becoming about us and what we feel and what we want and what we think. And we keep grabbing things back over. See, surrendering is a lifelong thing. It's something that the Holy Spirit can actually help us do. Thank God. So today I want to mention just three phrases that have been really helpful, at least for me, as I walk through life every day to surrender to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Three simple phrases. I think you can memorize these phrases. Check this out. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I'm listening. Help me obey. What do you have going on in your life? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I am listening, and then stop talking. Help me obey. You have a really hard conversation going up. You don't know how you're going to navigate it. You feel it in your stomach. It's coming. You're like, how am I going to do this? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? You don't have to do it on your own. I'm listening and actually listen for the still, for that small, for the loud, for the big, whatever, however he chooses to speak, you're listening. And then he gives you what you need to do it. Help me obey. Give me the strength. Give me the words. Help me obey. 
even in the mundane, maybe it's a thing you've done a thousand times before. You know, you're going to get your cup of coffee in the morning. Have you? I would challenge you, something like that, tie in your shoes, something silly. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I am listening. Help me obey. Make it a part of your everyday life. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Today, right now, in this moment, and in this one, and in this one, what do you want me to do? And then listen. He's telling you. He's prompting us. Listen. And then when we go like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't, I don't feel like this. I feel this weight, this ache, this hurt, this pain. I feel so tired. I feel so empty. Empty. I feel so alone. I feel, I feel, I feel, and I get it. I know. I feel that way sometimes too. But Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I'm listening. And he'll help us obey. We are not alone. We are never alone. He's there. And instead of telling him, what's your prayer life like? Tell, this is what I want, God. This is what I need, God. This is what I want you to do, God. It's a lot of, a lot of what this looks like. What about this? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I'm listening. Help me obey. Bring that fruit Bring that wisdom. Bring that hope. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I'm listening. Help me obey. Holy Spirit's power will change our lives. I'd like to pray for us. Holy Spirit... Right now, in this moment, in this time, in this place, what do you want us to do? Prompt us. Help us feel your presence. What do you want us to do? Even if it doesn't make sense to us, even if we don't know what to do with it, what do you want us to do? We're listening. Help us not ignore it. Help us not exist it. Resist it. Help us not turn our way from it or to fill it with our wisdom. Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? We're listening. And then help us to take that step. Help us to obey. Give us the strength to respond to who you are and to what you've promised, to what you're doing in our lives today and what you're doing in the world that we get to be a part of. Help us obey. And God the Father, I'm so thankful for your power that you sent God, the Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for where we fall short for our sin. And that that name being just loud and clear in our lives that you have given us this hope and peace that you sent God the Spirit to be a part of us, to be in us, that we have access to this power. And help us, God, help us today. What do you want us to do? We're listening. Help us obey. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen.